We're proudly recording on Wadja Noongar Buja, and we pay our respect to elders past and present. Queer Perth Network. Welcome to Queer Stories on the Swan, a podcast where two gay men chat and discuss all things queer in the Perth LGBTQIA plus community. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm your other host, Christo. Today we're interviewing the co-presidents of the Perth Frontrunners, Laurie and Richie, talking about the club and their personal coming out stories. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hello. Hello. We are back. Yes. It has been three weeks since our last episode. Has it been that long? It has. Wow. Um, Now, I I need to address the elephant in the room. It's me. Hi. No. um, (laughs) No. (laughs) I was about to say it's me, but, you know. No, no. I'm doing much better. I've still lost over... I've lost over 10 kilos now since I last checked in with my weight. And um, uh, so basically... This is obviously my first podcast and big project in uh, in terms of the commu- queer community for well ever, mm-hmm. and um, I did not realize how difficult it was going to be to get guests and get people in for throughout Pride Month. <laughs> um, I try to get people ready the week before Pride, mm-hmm. and then also the weekend for Pride, so we can get an episode out. Around the same time, um, that didn't happen. Everyone was busy that we uh, we asked. So, if you saw the TikToks and the posts and that we did on this on the uh, podcast socials, you'll see that we were delayed. However, uh, we are recording an episode the weekend of uh, the first weekend of December. Hooray. So it's officially December now. So um, oh, we should probably get some Christmas decorations up eventually. Yeah, um, when when it gets close to our Christmas. Next episode. Episodes, whatever, yeah. Next episode, we'll uh, have we'll that out. That. Well, um, well, we'll see what happens with that. Um, so, yeah, so we are back and, um, yeah, and we're just happy to be back with our regular episodes. Yeah. Uh, we saw, um, I saw your feedback in terms of the Pride episode because I'm not sure if you saw Christo, but when yeah. I put that on Spotify, I put like a little poll and um, it gave people the option, um, and it was only around for a limited time, so don't bother looking for it if, um, if you're <laughs> you missed listening your to us now. It, well, because it, it's like a poll, and it only lasts a certain amount of time. Yeah. You can set the amount of time you have on it, but I, I can't have it there forever, and I wanted to have it over with within like the span of a week or yeah. something. Um, most people said that they want to hear more episodes like this. So it seems that you were right, Christo. Like the chaotic episode. The chaotic. Oh, um, no. Well, I think... Maybe they mean like more less like the formulaic ones and just kind of diverse Have a few content. different like just yeah chat. I mean, maybe they loved the absolute mess <laughs> that was me last week. Um, I did. I could do. There were so many things I, I repeated on that episode, like well, just listening to it, just going back every fifteen seconds. Speak for yourself, it. because some of us didn't have to listen to it multiple times to re- to edit the, the bloody Aww. thing, and I. That's good. Ed, I had a lot of battles in my inside my head. I was oh. like, oh, my God, cut, kill this entire episode. No, <laughs> no, put it up, put it up. Cut this. No, don't cut that. Cut that part. No, leave that in. I loved it. Yeah. Like, it was an experiment. Because I don't get to hear the episodes until they're out. Yeah. So I get to experience it like everyone else mm. the moment it comes out, which is awesome. I love it. I'm not complaining at all. Like, I think that's the best way for me to hear it. Good. I'm glad you're not and complaining. It just, I wouldn't. But, like, it just makes me appreciate them when they come out, how they sound. Yeah. So then Chris, to, like, Chris can sit there and go, oh, me, me. But I can be like, it actually sounds really good. Or I can go, you know You'd what, go, Chris? me, me, if you had to edit it too. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, you've yeah. got so, yeah. like, I can at least tell you the honest truth as to I didn't what, know what I thought about it. Yeah. 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 Whereas if I'd listened to it like you do, when it comes out, I'd be like, oh, can't Because I've listened to it like several times because that's how I edit. I will listen to something and I will just, Mm. okay, just listen to every new change and then I'll listen to the whole thing to see how it sounds. So by the time I've I've finished it, I have heard it so many times. I'm just like, okay, enough. Put it out. Yeah. It's the same when I do the video version. It's exactly the same. Yeah. 
I put it out. I'm like, I'm done. Just, just, just <laughs> drop it. If people have got feedback, by all means, Please give us, us the feedback. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So we're back. This is our 13th episode. Wow. So episode 13. And we have two guests coming in who I've been wanting to have for a while. But, you know, I scheduling. We have space on the couch. Scheduling conflict. Uh, well, I think so. We'll think squeeze. So. I'll sit on Chris's lap if need be. Mm. <laughs> Steve, uh, Christo's partner. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's important. <laughs> just We're just friends. Just, just don't crush my leg, please. Um, oh. <laughs> I just wow. realised how that sounded. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, meaning my legs are so sensitive. I- <laughs> oh. It's okay. <laughs> Always the victim, Christo. Fucking diva. I never choose to be. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, <laughs> um, so we had Pride a couple of weeks Yay! ago. I loved it. Wait, two weeks? No, yeah. last weekend. I don't know. It was last weekend was when it? we, um, yeah, as of recording, it was last weekend. So it's the 4th of December now as we're recording this. Last weekend was Pride. Um, yeah, I didn't see you. Um, I no. was, I was with my, um, I had a friend with me, uh, and then I met up with one of his friends, and then we just, we're like, we were a trio for the night. And um, how did you enjoy the parade? I liked it. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was so good. Um, you know, From it's funny. See. <laughs> it's funny. Um, when you start a queer podcast and you see people that you recognize or you've had on the show, it's like, oh, my God, it's even more special now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we saw our um, all – I saw all three of our sibling podcast uh, crew members, Scott, Oddie, and Clint from Queer Perth. Um, I was looking at a Sarah on Darks and Bikes, but I don't think she, she wasn't, wasn't, no. she wasn't there. She wasn't yet. even there. Yeah, no. that's all right. Um, oh, that's right. Cause she was, um, no, that was Pride Fair Day. Sorry. That's my other yeah. thing. She was going to originally going to join us on Pride Fair Day. Um, I hope you feel well. I know. Uh, I hope you're doing well, Sarah. Yeah. Um, who else did I see? I saw, well, I saw, uh, one of my workplaces. Um, I can't mention them here. Yeah. I saw um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was um, cool to see. That it was oh. cool to see. I, I almost was part of that, <laughs> but then, then I was like, I was like, I already had pride, so yeah, <laughs> I already had plans. Um, and yeah, like like plenty of people throughout. Um, and of course, we saw the Perth front runners. Um, the co-presidents we're going to be interviewing today. Yes, yes, it was yeah. beautiful. You didn't go to any of the other parties, did you? No, you didn't. Um, I did. No, because this was the one day of the year that I've been looking forward to. I have not gone out for ages. I. Well, I was hoping to save money, but um, <laughs> didn't. Um, but my paycheck came a, couple, a few days before, and I was like, okay, I am ready for pride <laughs> because the money I spent on drinking. Oh, God. Because you have to understand, I had been very restrictive on what I've eaten for a couple of months. Yeah. And I've had like, I think I had like a couple of glasses of wine in that time, mm. um, but never had gotten like, Drunk in a long oh time, uh, might have underestimated my ability um, <laughs> and how much I was able to tolerate um, because might have gotten a little smashed. <laughs> um, but I had a absolute awesome time mm. at the connections after party. Just had a really good time partying and and, and talking to people. Um, I saw Queen Kong live. I saw um, that. Yes. Uh, actually, if you saw our socials, um, I recorded a, a little live video of Queen Kong performing in Connection. She was amazing. Unbelievably jacked. Mm. So, like, mm, full of muscle. Um, Queen <laughs> Kong, you listen to this. I'm, I'm sorry. You are gorgeous and you're beautiful and I'm going to state it. So, <laughs> please don't get weirded out. Um but yeah, uh, it was absolutely amazing night. Um, I was almost convinced I was going to last until about five o'clock in the morning, but I uh, didn't quite get there in the end. No. Um, oh, the hangover! <laughs> I'm actually glad we didn't have an episode to record the day after because <laughs> pride was bad because I was just really, really tired. I would have been dealing with me being tired and hung over. God, I would have had to carry the show. That I would boring. have been an absolute menace to you <laughs> because I was miserable. Like, it's too loud. I'm like, it's barely any volume. It's not any volume. <laughs> Everyone shut up. Yeah. It's like, wait, are you talking about me or you? The people <sighs> in your head? I don't care what's happening with you right now. My head is about to explode. <laughs> um, but anywho, yeah. um, I digress. Uh, we've ranted. I didn't go out because I didn't have any, no one invited me. <laughs> I feel so old and alone sometimes. <laughs> you could have asked me. 
I don't know. You I, knew I was going out. Yeah, but I I don't know. I don't know what goes on at the moment. I'm so like out of it. <laughs> and you'll complain that you never go out. No one invites you. I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> So it feels great to be sitting back here and uh, joining for another another episode and to um, get back to interviewing amazing people throughout the Perth queer community. And I suggest we go straight on to um, interview Laurie and Richie. Let's do it. All right, so we have our two guests. Uh, We're going for a two guests this time. First time we've had two guests in the studio, Laurie and Richie from Perth Frontrunners. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you. Uh, making the trip down. Yes. <laughs> I know we uh, we might have mentioned it before, but we have Krista on his little uh, PA lady I'm mic that like I'm calling it. Drop in and drop out every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> so we've never had uh, four people on the couch. It's um, comfy. It's uh, comfy. Hopefully it's not too yeah. hot. We've got the AC working this time. Last episode, guys, um, the thing wasn't working and um, our brain sort of melted. We were sweating. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, definitely an issue. Okay, so we're going to go straight into it. Now, you mentioned you want to talk about the Perth front runners first, so we'll kind of mix around the questions. Um, so you guys are uh, I'm happy for you guys just to alternate between your answers, so whatever you do, just feel comfortable. All right, so we'll talk about the Perth front runners. Tell us the history of the group and what got you to join. So the, the history um, goes back a fair way, to be honest, uh, but I'll give the, uh, the abridged version. So basically the, uh, the front runner was a novel written uh, by uh, Patricia Nell Warren, uh, who was a, a lesbian uh, in America in the 1970s. Oh, and very wrote, nice. Uh, wrote a novel about um, a, an athlete training for the Montreal Olympics mm. who fell in love uh, with his running coach. Um, so a bit of a, a bit of a controversial story, actually. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, but it was the uh, the first queer love story to make the New York uh, bestseller Times list um, ever. Wow! Um, and uh, and when that book came out, it spurred um, a, I guess, a generation of running clubs. So the first uh, front runner club was in uh, San Francisco uh, in uh, about seventy six, something like that. Right. Um, and then. Uh, then New York was next, and then it came over to Australia as well. So we can trace our history back to about 1997. Wow. Um, and uh, and we know that because we've got three uh, original members that were running um, uh, in 1997, and a couple of them went to things like the Gay Games. Uh, they might have been called Gay Olympics back then, I'm not sure, but um, did that with the club. Uh, And then we also have researched uh, the history of the club in the archives. And so the State Library has an amazing collection of the Westside Observer, if Mm. anyone ever wants to go and have a read of of those papers. And there's uh, there's an edition, um, May 1997, and there's a little um, advertisement in the classifieds saying uh, Perth Front Runners, and it's got a landline number. Oh, very nice. And we don't know whose number that is. <laughs> There's just a mystery number out there somewhere. Someone's got that number. It's like, who's calling about the Perth front runners? Well, no, in fact, Again. you can't use that number anymore because it has less digits than our phone numbers have now. So it's an old, old number. It oh, only had wow. seven digits. Wow, I've got a piece of history out there. And um, on the video version, you might be able to see, uh, Richie, you just want to hold the book there, The Front Runner by uh, Patricia Neil Warren. Um, yeah, which we would highly recommend. It is a wonderful book. It's a book of its time. Mm-hmm. You do have to accept that it's from the seventies, and it mm. has some themes in it that we find sometimes a bit challenging now. But the the story is a wonderful story, mm. and we actually ran a front readers book club oh. where we all read the book because several of us who had actually been involved in front runners for many years had never actually read the book. It's also not that easy to get hold of a physical copy. It's very easy to get a hold of the audible version of it and listen to it. But we really enjoyed Mm. reading it. I think a lot of us enjoyed it much more than we anticipated. Oh, good, good. Um, And would you recommend the um, audiobook version of it or do you think it needs to more, do you need the more like a hard copy? Now, both of us were hard copy readers. Uh We both ordered them off the off the web, got secondhand copies. Yep. <laughs> but uh, club secretary, Nigel, highly recommends mm. the Audible version, said that it was really mm-hmm. well captured by the Audible version. Oh, great, because I'm such an Audible ver- uh, person, um, probably uh, fanboy. So, yeah, I'll go I'll go that route as well. Yeah. And in terms of how both of us came to be involved in Frontrunners in Perth, we have quite different 
stories of how we came to be involved. Because I first got involved in Front Runners in Sydney mm. when I was living over there. So I'm originally a West Australian, but I moved to Sydney for work um, and spent uh, sort of eight years between Sydney and Canberra. And I started getting involved in Front Runners over there courtesy of a friend who actually wasn't a front runner. Mm. So another gay friend of mine, I said to her, oh, I'd really love to join an LGBTIQ sports club of some kind to meet some more people in the community, mm. but I don't have any particular skills in wow. sport. So that was one criteria. I didn't have to need, I, I didn't want to have to be good at a sport to play. Mm. And also with a busy job, I, you know, had a bit of trouble with team sports because mm. I always struggled. I was travelling and I, I didn't want that stress of kind of having to meet a team sport level of, re- you know, required mm. performance every week. Even though I love, you know, being part of a team, it just was a bit of an added stress with a lot of travel for work. And she said, you know, I've heard that the front runners are really fun. And I said, oh, do you want to come along with me? Oh, my, my knee, my knee sore, I can't come along. So she didn't come along with me. But that Saturday I turned up at the Sydney front runners, and that was in 2015. And I have pretty much been at a front runners. Somewhere across the world, mm-hmm. every Saturday since that day. Oh, fantastic. So I never looked back. And so I then came back to Perth in the beginning of 2020. And uh, although I had actually visited, one of the wonderful things about being in the front runner family is that whenever you travel, you visit the, the local front runners. And so several times, because my family were based here, I'd come back from Sydney and I would visit and run with the Perth front runners. So mm. I knew them and I'd been in contact with them a bit about, um, because I was the president of Sydney front runners um, at one point, uh, about some of the club management stuff. Uh, so it was great to be able to move back and so seamlessly be able to go from Sydney front runners to Perth front runners and have that same friendly bunch of people. Whereas Richie started his front runners journey here in mm. Perth. Yeah, so I moved to Perth about six, seven years ago from Adelaide. Mm. Uh, and uh, there is now an Adelaide front runners and they are um, an amazing group. Um, but uh, there was no Adelaide front runners when I was living there. And when I moved here, um, I didn't really know anybody. Uh, and uh, and my husband also is not from Perth. Mm. Um, so we're starting afresh, I guess, uh, with uh, trying to make new friends. And we tried out a couple of uh, the sports teams and, and the front runners uh was just really warm, engaging, um, and uh, and similar to Laurie, I've got no coordination. Um. <laughs> That's how we became co-presidents. The co-presidents of Perth Frontrunners have no real ability in sport. That's that's why yeah, we're here. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. I'm queer stories on this one. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is, I'm I'm not a good runner, so neither you know, am I. There is no prerequisites at the club. I, I always find it, you know, amusing when I see someone. They say, "Oh, I, I keep meaning to come to front runners, but I need to train to, you know, get." And I think, "Wow, okay, uh, you need to come and see because we do have some runners. We have some really good runners. Mm. We have um, joggers. Uh, we have people um, jog. We say sexy pace, so it's just a very, very casual pace. Now, is that um, the same pace that uh, uh, Kath and Kel do? On, uh, Kath and Kimber, oh, power yeah. We've definitely got some power walking. <laughs> Going on. I mean, I think we most often would say that we're really, a, you know, a coffee club with mm, a slight yeah. running problem, you know. But actually, <laughs> we have about, I would say on a normal Saturday, we have about 50% walkers. Yep. Mm. We also have dogs, lots mm. of dogs. You do have a lot of and dogs. And they're all really cute and they wear rainbow gear. So dogs oh, are a cool. reason to come it is so to pat cute. the dogs. I yeah. have seen the dogs there and I'm just like, this has sold me alone. <laughs> all right. You can join the club just to pat the dogs. We accept that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm glad. Because <laughs> I don't run. So. <laughs> you can walk. You can walk with me. No, that's or just pat the dogs. Just the pat the other dogs. thing is that if you get out of your car and you just, just – Run that like 10 metres to the coffee shop. That counts? Yeah. That counts. Yep. And we're there every single week. So even if it's um, bad weather, we'll still be there. We might just be in the cafe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if it's bad weather, only one or two of the, them go out running and we all just wave them off and wish them luck <laughs> and have a coffee. That's how serious we are. Exactly. But I, I would say as well that we are a club, as I said, we've got everything from walkers to some very serious runners. In fact, two of our runners are in an Ironman today. Serious, wow. oh, serious competition. Right. You know? And we're so proud of them. Um, but it, 
the other thing the club has started to do more now is give people some training, particularly in the beginner stages. So we ran our first couch to 3K this year. Um, But I think also just being part of a group, we see a lot of our members start off saying, oh, I'm just a walker. Mm. And then, you know, you'll see them start to do a bit of running on the 3K. And -hmm. then one week they'll do the 5K. And sometimes they don't always realise that we're watching and being proud of them until mm. we actually say, I saw you do that today. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, because people often want to do it without drawing attention to themselves. And I think we have – the best part about the club is that we have – you don't have to have any skills to join. Mm. But mm. at the same time, I think one of the wonderful things about the club too is that it allows people to grow at paces that work for them and that if they want to improve, the club is there for them to do that too. Oh, excellent. Oh, love this. Love this at all. Um, so, Christo, do you want to go into the next question? Sure. <clears throat> I know. Okay, I'm just making sure you know. God. I'm a good co-host, people. <laughs> all right. Uh, what was the response? Uh, yeah. What has the response been for members of the community who have joined or shown interest in joining? Um. Well, I think I think our numbers probably speak uh, for that. So we we seem to be doubling every year, and it's not something that we set out to do. Uh, and uh, and I hope we don't continue every year because um, because we uh, you know it's a big club already. Mm. And um, we should say that I'm looking down the camera here right now. As of today, we have 199 members. Correct. Do you want to be the 200th? Correct. Maybe that could be me. The challenge is on. Get in you. quick. Get Maybe in quick. Maybe it could be me. <laughs> and we've got half price membership on right now because we're halfway through our membership year. So we're looking for our 200th yeah, so member. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. That's it. It'll be. Do you get anything for the 200? <laughs> well, I guess we haven't thought about that. Have we? Well, yeah. You get always. to know that you ha- you will have always been the 200th member Absolutely. of the club. You know? Absolutely. Foundation. And although membership rolls over every year and so people sign up every year, this is the first year that we've cracked the 200. So you would, if you're the 200 this year, you are the inaugural 200 of the club. Wow. So we, we cracked 100 last year. So around this time around um, Pride, we got to 100. And uh, and that was uh, Peter Foster um, uh, of the Legislative Council. Oh wow! He joined and he was our hundredth member. Wonderful, just by chance. Uh, so uh, yeah, so two hundred is up for grabs at the moment. Oh, two hundred grabs. And uh, just so you know, this episode comes out tomorrow of the day of recording. So. Monday the 5th of December, today's Sunday the 4th, so this is still very, very relevant. So you might have already become the I second 200th I can see that um, the, the, the phone is coming out here. I think the 200th <laughs> member might be, you know, there's some competition on now. <laughs> Sorry if you're 201, we'll still keep you, just so you know. We'll still keep you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, to those who might be a little shy to join the front runners, yeah. uh, what would you say to them? Uh, well, what I would start by saying is that we know that we're an intimidating club. And we don't mean to be. Mm. Um, unfortunately, with the success of the club um, is increased numbers. Mm. Um, and the photographs that we post every week of the massive crowds, we're very proud of, but mm. they're also terrifying. Mm. Um, so we know that. And so what, what we suggest, um, what we say to people is we, we can do as much as we can to, to get you there and encourage you to come. Um, but we want you to know that once you do, we'll look after you. So the moment that you get out of your car and you walk up to that big group, we hope to have someone come up and say, hey, I haven't seen you here before, mm. um, and introduce themselves. And uh, we, we always, uh, when we meet on a Saturday, we always um, go around the circle and just introduce ourselves by name um, and encourage people to go up and, and meet people they haven't uh, mm. before. And the consistent feedback that we get is that people do feel very welcomed mm. when they come. Yeah. Uh, as Richie said, we can't get you out of your car. You're going to have to do that bit <laughs> yourself. We do think that being at the same location every week is useful because right. it means that people can come and especially if they're a little bit shy, they might want to scope us out one week. Mm. Um, and sometimes we will have people come up to us later and ask us about the club, which is really great. So yeah, yeah. we would encourage everyone. We realise that it looks like a big club, but when you enter that circle, uh, you will be welcomed. Mm. And the other thing that we're really proud of with the club is that as we've grown, we've also diversified Mm. and the club represents every spectrum of the LGBTIQ A plus rainbow. So 
whoever you are, you will find your community mm-hmm. at Front Runners. And also, where, I mean, technically our youngest member is a bit younger than 18, but we, we, we go all the way from 18 um, up to people in their 70s and everything in between. And I think one of the richest things about joining the Front Runners is the multi-generational friendships mm. that you make. Because mm. I think particularly within the queer community, multi-generational friendships and the feeling of family that comes from having multi-generational friendships is really important. And I would say that that's something that, that as a sports club, we are just so diverse mm-hmm. across the LGBTIQ rainbow, across ages, and also just in terms of I learn so much from everyone in the club. Everyone has a different profession. Everyone has a different journey. And I just a, – a lot of people who have either moved away and come back or moved to Perth from either interstate or overseas, there's just so many rich journeys in the club that you learn mm-hmm. from as well. So if you turn up at Front Runners, you will find your community because yeah. we have such a diverse club membership. Can I also say that if, if someone's thinking about coming and they're, they're really nervous, there are a couple of things that we can suggest. So the first thing is slide into our DMs. Mm-hmm. Um, if, uh, if you're nervous, say, hey, I'm thinking about coming on Saturday and, and one of us will, will reach out and say, no problem at all. We'll, we'll meet you 10, 10 minutes before, you know, in the park and introduce ourselves, that sort of thing. Um, we're also open to um, allies as well. We'll never ask anyone's um, uh, uh, sexual um, identity at all. Um, so if you want to bring your neighbour, your mum, you know, your dog, definitely, um, your friend, whatever, just bring, bring someone. Um, yeah. And if that's your safety net, absolutely. You know, more than welcome. Um, we'd love to meet them too. Oh, wonderful. Actually, I might just um, <clears throat> touch on the, uh, what I've experienced in Perth Front Runner because I've joined you guys for two or three times yep. now, um, as of now. Um, and everything that you have said, totally true. Uh, I remember the first uh, Front Runners thing I did, you all did like an introduction and I didn't know anyone there. I remember coming up to you, Laurie, and going like, hey, not really sure what's happening here, like the walking. And re- you were really, really helpful with that. Richie, you came up to me, I think it was like the end of my second uh, meeting there, felt so welcome. And it was like, oh, I've got like another person here. All of it's true, what they have just said. Um, so yeah, definitely come down and join them. Please bring a dog. Because I want to pet a dog. <laughs> and we, we should say as well that uh, while obviously we function predominantly as a walking and running club, that also we are very much a social club. Yeah. So to be honest, on the Saturday morning in particular, the main activity is the coffee drinking. That, yeah. that is the absolute main activity. Yeah. That should hook you right there. That right should there. absolutely <laughs> hook you. Uh, and But throughout the um, month we have other... Activities So a run to the pub, uh, which more often is a walk to the pub, we should say, uh, is something we hold uh, probably about once a month, although with Pride and things in November we've been a bit disrupted. Mm, yeah. But what we do is we pick a different um, pub around Perth or, or sometimes like we'll do burgers, run to the burger joint. Like we, we've got a few different things that we do just on a Sunday so that you've got something um, to look forward to on a Sunday and that brings out a different group of people. One of the best things about Front Runners is you get to meet new people all the time. Mm. So when you come to a Saturday there's kind of a big group but then when you come to some of these other events there's a smaller group and we do have some other runs and walks during the week where you can find a bit of a smaller group with Front Runners too which is all available on our Facebook page. And with Pride, we obviously did a lot of social things mm. in November mm-hmm. and we had a fantastic fair day and one of the wonderful things about fair day is that we have a volunteer roster within the club and they represent the club and everyone is really proud to represent the club and that is a really wonderful part of seeing the club do its thing and we obviously also got some new members from fair day. Yeah. And then we also hosted an event as part of Pride. So we hosted the Pride Run. And one of the things that we enjoy the most about the Pride Run is that we attract a lot of people that aren't necessarily members of Mm. the club. And they might be part of our LGBTIQ community or they might be allies who are really keen to show their support during Pride and that a a run is a great way for them to do that. Mm -hmm. So we really love that event because it opens us up to the community. And then finally we did the parade and we had an absolute blast you looked stunning i saw you guys go through and i'm like oh my god the perth front runners i love these guys yeah you guys looked absolutely incredible so we were uh 
running up that hill, of course. <laughs> uh, and I think, to be fair, the main thing about the parade is that everyone has such a fantastic time. Yeah. That's really yeah. what we... And I think as a club, we'll, we'll have a bit of a shout-out to Pride WA um, for this year's Pride. Absolutely. It, it, you know, in, in general. Uh, but the Parade in, in particular, um, well, actually all of the events really, but the Parade Fantastic. was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Really, really good Pride this year. So well done to those... Um, that group. And Fair Day as well was absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So we're going into more like the personal one-on-one um, questions now. When did you realise that you were queer? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I guess growing up, you, you always know, or at least I did anyway. Um, there was something innate in me. I don't know how to put that, but um, I would find myself um, hanging, um, hanging around guys um, and... Not hanging around girls, <laughs> I guess, uh, or or it was just uh, more of a friendship thing, and I just had a, a real affinity to guys, and and I just there was no, I didn't put a label on it or anything like that. I guess I didn't really know what it was, um, but then uh, then I came out relatively early. I think I was about seventeen, eighteen. Mm. Basically, as soon as high school was done, um, that was it. Um, uh, o week at uni, um, I think I, I kissed a boy. That was my first ever uh, experience. Yeah, um, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, and when you you know when I did it, it was like yeah, this is it, you know. Um, I yeah, I knew. <laughs> I think probably um, people around me knew uh, before I did, so you know, mums always know, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They ruin your yeah. coming out sometimes. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I was from a family of four kids, um, oh, wow. and uh, and when my mum would uh, go away for like a work conference or something like that, she'll come back from overseas or whatever it was, and she would have um, these uh, these. T-shirts that she would get, you know, cheap T-shirts. Um, or, sorry, my mum shouldn't say cheap, but anyway, it was uh, touristy T-shirts. Yes, <laughs> um, but uh, this one trip she went to Italy and she came back and she uh, got my two brothers some T-shirts and my sister as well. And then she brought out this like slinky mesh um, thing out of uh, her suitcase. Said, "Oh, this is uh, this is for you, uh, Richie." Oh. You know, <laughs> I kind of thought, you know, I thought of you, and I'm like, "Yeah, I think she knows." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. I could just imagine me getting that when I was a teenager. I would have been uh, hysterical. Yeah. What about you, Laurie? <laughs> I wish I had known at 17. <laughs> I wish. I um, My coming out journey was a lot longer than that. And I think that part of the reason for that is that I never saw queer people growing up. So mm. I didn't know I could be that. Mm. And it wasn't through any level of um you know I didn't I didn't come from a religious family or anything like that I just didn't growing up in suburban Perth Mm. see queer people in my life Mm. and so uh I only dated like my best friend who was a guy because I thought that's what you did like you know and we're still actually really good friends he's Mm. now um, married to a beautiful woman and they're very happy and I'm very lucky that I've got to have such a long-term friend from high school but we dated purely because I thought that that's what you did and Mm. he was the first person that I had to say it's definitely not you it's me but at the time I couldn't even voice why Mm. why you know why we broke up but it was you know it was me doing the breaking up I just said it's it's definitely not you, it's it's me, but I couldn't articulate why. And so I then really, when I got to university, uh, I think I dealt with it mainly by becoming a kind of nerdy workaholic. Mm. So I did really well at uni and I was also working to support myself, but it, you know, turned into basically I was either working or I was at uni. And the queer students that I saw at uni they all seemed quite radical to me you know they all had and these are all great things if you want to have them I don't have any have any issue but they had like pink hair and you know and there I was and I had glasses and I was a bit of a nerd and I just thought oh well that's not what I am and I, I almost fought it I'm like well no that's not me and then when I was towards graduating I saw uh I went to an event and I saw uh, a professional uh, at that event who I would later learn was queer, but I just kind of at the time was like I felt like a, an intense affinity with mm. this kind of professional woman. And, uh, and look, she was like a lot 
older than me in the sense that I felt that affinity in that kind of way of like a mentor kind of like I really wanted to know more about her and I wanted to kind of be like her and it was only at that point when I was near the end of my uni studies that I was like I think I want to be like her because I think I'm gay and it was only when I started to see someone who was a professional and see someone that was like me that was nerdy that was doing well at their job that I was like I can be gay but it then took me uh, I worked here for uh, two years when I graduated and then at that point I left to go to Sydney because I didn't feel here in Perth that I could explore that identity without kind of outing myself too quickly I needed the time to go somewhere where I could explore that identity without committing to it in a what I felt was a small town I look back now and I wonder whether I could have done it here but going to Sydney was a great decision and I have absolutely no regrets about that and it just enabled me to go and go yep no I really am gay and I mean I did spend eight years over east in both Sydney and Canberra so it was a long time before I came back but when I came back I came out I mean fully like I came back sorry fully gay so I was like and now I've been the president of <laughs> Sydney Frontrunners and and I came back very much with this um you know I was in my 30s and I, I came back very much with this is me now and I'm not going to explain this to anyone yeah. like you know this is who I am now so yeah I I came out in Sydney and the reason that I pursued a career um, uh, opportunity in Sydney was that it gave me the flexibility to experience that so yeah my I, I wish, I really, uh, when I meet people that kind of got to do the coming out thing earlier, uh, I really didn't come out until my mid-20s and so much of that was because I just didn't see people that I thought I could be like and then once I did, I was like, oh, that's why I am who I am. Yeah, you take that, that trip to Oxford Street in Sydney and you're like, oh, that's definitely it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that rainbow, uh, rainbow road they have there. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's really shown that like, um, you know, having people to look at that are queer has come a long way now than what it used to be where, yeah. you know, you'd, if you didn't see it, you didn't know. Mm. Yeah. But now it's almost everywhere. And I think I... Yeah, I needed to see queer women in professional workplaces for me to know that that is who I could be. Yeah, yeah to have the representation. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think also we're quite lucky these days to have a, a pretty big community that's not just focused around nightclubs and bars. Yes, because I when, agree. Yeah, when I was coming out, I think that was... I, I, I'm, as I said before, I'm from Adelaide, and um, there was only... There was a gay nightclub and a gay bar, and that was that was the gay culture I knew. Like, yeah. I don't know if there... Maybe there was more, and I didn't know at the time because mm. my eyes weren't open to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's good to see now that there are so many options, you know, Front Runners is just one of them, but there's so many community groups and other ways to be involved other than just going out and getting drunk on a Saturday night. Mm. And it is actually funny. We were talking about this yesterday at Front Runners, but often people will bring their parents to Front Runners when they're visiting yep. Perth. Right. And... I also brought my mum to Sydney Frontrunners when I was living in Sydney and she was visiting from Perth. And something that my mum said and something that several other parents who have come to visit us at Perth Frontrunners say is, oh, you're all very normal. Mm. And there's a sort of indication mm. there that they're like, oh, this is just a normal bunch of people with a normal career and they're all very friendly and the parents are a bit kind of like surprised by that. But some of that probably is that they associate LGBTIQ culture a bit with partying and nightclubbing and then they see this bunch of really sort of, you know, people drinking coffee on a Saturday morning and they go, yep. oh, but that's that's often a sentiment that we get from parents of members in the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, just just to add on to that, I think it's great that we have groups like the Firth Front Runners that are showing it's not just... Because I feel like the nightclub and, and that kind of scene specifically is always portrayed in the media, but you never yeah. see the other stuff on the outside. Correct. So people think that's all, you, that's all it is. Yeah. Dyed hair and piercings, tattoos yeah. and, and all that. No, it's it's just we are just regular people. Just some of us are more attracted to the same sex yep. or multiple sex. So what? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to add to that. Cool. cool. Um, right. Is it your turn or mine? Mine. Okay. <laughs> uh, what was high school like for you dealing with your emerging queer identities? I know you touched on this before, but is there anything yeah. like you want to add to that? Or? <laughs> um, 
Look, what I would say is that I think um, I was pretty lucky to um, have, uh, I think, five friends that end up being gay mm. um, in high school. And we, we weren't out and in high school. None of us were. Um, but um, I guess we, um, we were quite supportive and as, as a, bit of a, you know, bit of a group. And looking back now, I, you know, I'm glad that, uh, that life happened that way because I felt like we were a little bit um, protected. Um, so I, um, I wasn't out, as I said, at school, but, um, but I didn't really have a rough time of it either. Um, mm. So um, I, I was very lucky in that respect. Yeah, I had a great time at high school in the sense that I wish I could have realised I was gay when I was at high school, but I just didn't have that representation available. But there wasn't any negative reason for that. It just wasn't a thing, and Richie and Mm. I are sort of a similar age. And so there just wasn't a lot of... Now, you know, you'd read Holden Shepherd at school. So if, if I had been in that era, maybe I would have had the opportunity to think a bit more. But I also didn't have a bad experience. Mm. And as I said, like, I dated my best guy friend at the time because I thought that that's what you did. And we were really good mates. And we went swimming together. We went to the beach. It was very wholesome. Mm. Um, But that was all I wanted at the time. And I thought that you dated the person that you were just best friends with. And I didn't really understand any different. But that wasn't a bad thing. That was just how my high school life was. And it was only towards the end of high school that I started to realise that I just wasn't interested in boys the same way that the other girls were. But, again, I didn't really take that too much to heart. I was just like, oh, well, I'm going into uni and I want to do well at uni. So Mm. I I guess what I wish would have been different is if I had been exposed to writers like Holden Shepherd Mm. and other – because I loved English literature. It was one of my Mm. favourite subjects. And if I had had the opportunity to look at those kinds of books that they have available to them now, I think I just would have had that opportunity earlier – to realise that I could be gay and that that was something that was, you know, I could be. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. Um, now, I, I, again, I think you touched on this a little bit before, but what was, like, your first queer experience? Like, you know, your first interaction with another gay person and you had the attraction, your first kiss, all that, you know, all the really first-time stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the mushy stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so as I said, it was first year uni, so I kissed a guy in uh, in O week. Um, o week is a uh, so at Adelaide Uni, it's a very drunken uh, week, um, and I think I was on the the banks of the River Torrens, which goes through um, Adelaide CBD, and the university's right on it. Um, and I remember being in the sun, and I'd been hanging out with this guy all day, and kind of looking at each other, and had a bit of a pash on the on the <laughs> on the lawn. Um, that was after dollar dollar beers, by the way, quite a few dollar beers. So I think uh, we'll both. Um, yeah, both had a really good day in many respects, uh, but that was uh, yeah, that was my first experience. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Yeah, I well, I mean, after moving to Sydney, I was like, right, here we go. You know, this is my opportunity to experience life as an openly gay person and not feel like the whole city knew me and that I was being mm. chased around. And yeah, so my first kiss, I met. Uh, her on a dating app. She was a Spanish uh, backpacker. Oh, and it was, you know, it was. I was like, "Yep, no, I'm gay, definitely." Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a, what a great city as well to to explore Absolutely. that. Yeah. yeah, no, and I, I think for me, in many respects, uh, Sydney was about getting away from Perth at the time, mm-hmm. and I, I have actually reflected a lot on why I felt I needed to leave yeah. to come out, and I think some of those reasons weren't actually as real as I thought that they were in my early 20s, but that doesn't really matter. That's neither here nor there. It was how I felt at the time. And Sydney was a wonderful city, not only to feel anonymous in, although you very quickly learn that you're not anonymous for very long in any city because you really start to get to know people very quickly. Mm. Um, But it was a great place to be able to have those experiences, yeah. What do you say, guys? Should we all just move to Sydney and uh, just drop Perth? And, uh, <laughs> oh, my God, I'd love well, to. <laughs> no, we well, were, we're actually talking about pride. that. We were talking about that on the way here, yeah. actually, because um, a lot of us are heading over for World Pride. And yeah. I am really excited to be returning to Sydney, which, you know, is my second home effectively now. Like, mm-hmm. um, But I'm also really happy back in Perth. Yeah, It's a really great city and the queer community here. When I think that I left to come out in Sydney and now I've come back and I didn't get to discover the Perth queer community because I wasn't confident coming out here and then I've come back and the queer community here in Perth is so alive Mm. and there's so much going 
on and it's so diverse and, uh, you know, I just, I'm so proud that, you know, Perth has got such a, an amazing LGBTIQA plus community. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, and this might be kind of a simpler question now that I've realised I've written it, uh, but, like, your first experience, like, the, with the queer community itself, like, do you remember, like, the first, like, uh, club, yeah. you yeah. know, at, yeah, what I actually do. happened that night or your first social club that you joined and you were just like, yeah, this is my kind of people? Okay, yeah. yeah. So I... um well, unofficially kind of joined them as an ally, but quite quickly they realised I was more than an ally. Yeah. Um, so when I first moved to Sydney, one of the first things I did was, because I am Irish, so we migrated to Australia when I was very young. You can tell I have an Aussie accent. Uh, <laughs> but I was born an Irish citizen. And uh, there is a, a wonderful shout-out to the Sydney Queer Irish group. Uh, and they are a group that, seeks to you know, bring the Irish and Australian queer communities together and also support the um, amazing amount of Irish gay migrants that come uh, out to Australia and live in Australia and particularly in Sydney. And every year they do a massive Sydney Mardi Gras float and they mm. often win awards. It's just phenomenal uh, the amount of work they do and they're supported by the Irish um, consulate as well. And I they have a lot of allies as mm. well because they want to bring the Irish community together and show the support in the Irish community for the LGBTIQ community as well. It's a very sort of community-orientated Australian-Irish group. And so I joined and I thought, right, here's my chance. And then, yeah, joined as a kind of ally as such uh, or, well, I mean, they didn't require me to paint my colours to the wall, you know. Mm-hmm. You sort of joined as an Irish-Australian and uh, got involved in that in my first year in Sydney. And, yeah, by the end it was very clear to them that I was gay, but I was in that coming out phase and they made me feel so welcome and it was very much a frontrunners kind of group, you know, mixed ages, mixed across the LGBTIQ community rainbow, very friendly. Mm. I mean, the Irish, you feel instantly at home, very, very friendly. And um, I loved every minute of it and it was such a wonderful way to first engage with the queer community. Mm. Uh, for me, it would have been at university. So uh, my older brother uh, was into student politics a little bit and he was, um, I think, involved in the party party for a while at Adelaide University and their, their main policy was to have parties on the lawn every day. Um, <laughs> they didn't get voted in, unfortunately, so that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> But through that, I got involved um, with a bit of student politics, but also uh, the, uh, the the queer group that was on campus as well. Mm. And I ended up uh, becoming the president of that for a few years. Um, and uh, during my time, we uh, we renamed a group. I can't remember what it was called. Um, it was a sort of a, a quite an old name. Some of the queer groups around, you know, over the years have had different names um, as as language has evolved. And mm. and we um, we changed it to the ten percent club. Because that was our aspiration. We wanted ten percent of the student body to be uh, to be members. Uh, we didn't quite achieve that, uh, but you know, we 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 end up being really successful. Um, and uh, that was my first experience, I guess, uh, being involved in in a community outside of of the nightclub, basically that was in Adelaide, um, and and sort of gave me good experience on on running a club as well. Mm. Um, that you know, all these years later, I've I guess you know putting it into action again uh, with the front runners as well. Um, so yeah, that, that was, um, that was my first sort of tap into the, the queer community, I think. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Excellent. Your turn? Mine? Yeah. <laughs> You're there. You're there. <clears throat> I am listening. I'm still here, everyone. <laughs> mm. No one said you weren't, but okay. Just expose I yourself. Just why like don't I'm you? I'm really quiet. But anyway, <laughs> uh, do you have any advice on those who might be going through a similar journey to you? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, do you mean in terms of coming out? Yeah, and, like when you when you were coming out, like Laurie like, yeah. so came out like later in life, and then um, mm-hmm. Richie's like in your teens. Like that's what like we're really alluding to. I do yeah. love that you know mid twenties is later in life. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> no, as, a, as opposed to. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> I really need to shut my mouth sometimes. Um. No, 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 but it is, it is it is funny because there is this kind of like sense that there's kind of like you come out really early or anything yeah. else is later in yeah. life. But of course, one of the other diversity factors that we have in front runners yeah. is that we've got people that have come out in there every age, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. You know, people come out and people come out 
in all sorts of situations, including uh, having been in heterosexual marriages for decades. Mm. You know, people come out in all sorts of circumstances and the idea of coming out later in life is sort of something that I I love to kind of challenge a bit (laughs) because I think that um, especially, you know, now um, I, I think luckily teenagers get a lot more, you know, they get to read things, as I said, like, yeah. you know, the, there's so much queer literature around now. And yeah. probably now they also get to, I think, they don't have to label themselves as early. So yeah. actually I wonder if we're kind of seeing a bit the reverse now, that it's not until your 20s that you actually even have to... Officially, like, kind of figure it out. Yeah, yeah. do you have to actually, whereas I guess for us it was a bit more of a kind of like, you know, having to kind of nail those colours to the wall kind of thing, which is not always necessarily the best. But, yeah, I think it's kind mm-hmm. of... Um, Maybe that's an, a, a, a piece of advice. Like, don't ever feel like you have to come out at a particular age or that you have to fit a particular profile. Like, mm-hmm. if you're in your 50s and you're coming out, great, you know? Like, yeah. I think also there's a lot of organisations there um, that are, you know, there to support people. So places like the Freedom Centre, you know, for, um, for the youth um, and uh, groups like us or whatever it might be. Um, I think just just slide into DMs, you know, mm. in terms of these organisations, and uh, and just start making connections. And they can be really discreet. No one needs to know that you've done that. You mm. know, just flick uh, flick that group a message and have a bit of a chat and um, come along and meet someone and or meet people and um, you know just take take it baby steps. I think. Yeah, I agree. There's really no rushes there. No. Now, where can we find you, you two, and uh, front runners on socials? Everywhere. Everywhere. There you go. <laughs> Check Sorry. out our Insta. Get on Facebook. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. We've got a Spotify playlist. Uh, we're on what, Strava. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a club. Although if you oh. check us out on Strava, you'll realise that Richie and I are not great runners. So yeah. maybe maybe don't do that. <laughs> Although maybe it will give you confidence to come along. If you see my times on Strava, you'll yeah. know that I'm not very good. <laughs> Uh, we've, also got a, we've got a good website as well. So we try and put a lot of information on our website, um, a lot of uh, a lot of photos on our social media as well. Um, there's a lot of information about the club online. Uh, we've got a link tree as well. So the link tree is the web page which is linked from all our socials too. Mm-hmm. So once you hit any of our socials, hit that link tree and you can see everything else, including the Spotify and the Strava and Insta and Facebook and um, everything like that. Great. And it's at Perth Frontrunners. That's it. Nothing... Yeah, just Google Perth Frontrunners. At yep. Perth Runners. Yep. Yep. Which is very good at Instagram. It looks really specky. Good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> looks really good. <laughs> Sometimes I go a bit crazy on the stories, though. So uh, <laughs> after like a Saturday run, we'll have the big photo or whatever, and then, uh, then I'll always do a story. And uh, every time I um, – you know when you're getting ready and you're thinking, oh, am, I, am I exercising too much? No, no, I'm going to put another thing on. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm doing yeah, with the Yeah, there's usually like yeah. 15 uh, Perth Frontrunners uh, stories and, uh, yeah. I, and I think it's a bit of a short day if there isn't uh, at least 15. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we should just add that we, we reckon that yeah. we have the best team shirt of any of the LGBT Yeah, not the ones we're wearing today, clubs. though. No, no, we're wearing the more formal frontrunners shirts oh, today. Oh, they're impressed today. But, <laughs> yeah, we're in our work uniform here now. Um, but we have a beautiful rainbow jersey, mm. which everybody it. so, it. yeah. so when you turn up on Saturday, you will see us. Don't worry. You, you There are yeah. rainbows. Um, but we do have a really nice... Uh, jersey that people yeah. like. Yeah, it's all designed in-house. So yeah. it's um, one yeah. of our committee members, um, Dion, um, our treasurer, he, um, he he basically designed uh, that that singlet. Um, and uh, he, he brought forward a couple of prototypes. And every time he did, um, the rainbow got bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually <laughs> he just said, just put it on the whole thing, you know, yeah. basically. Just go, you know, go large. And, uh, and he's done a great job. And we should say, we've mentioned uh, Nige, our secretary, and mm. Dion, our treasurer, but yep. huge shout-out to our committee. We would not be able to do what we do without yeah. having a fantastic committee. We are so lucky. We have a committed, uh, friendly committee, and, uh, yeah, we just wouldn't be able to do what we do Absolutely. without them. Perfect. And, um, well, is well, I know you did a few of the shout-outs, but is there any <laughs> final thoughts that you have or any last-minute shout-outs? Um, you mentioned there were two people doing the Ironman competition. Yeah, yes. we have two club members. Yeah, I don't know how they went. I haven't, I haven't the, checked my phone. Well, it's, so. they, they, they were doing it this morning, uh, and it's going to take several hours, so we hope to check in with them very soon. Uh, it's obviously a huge achievement, mm. and one of our members that's doing it is 
uh, from our Kalgoorlie uh, mm. Reach Out Club. So we sort yep. of have members that join us from around the state and they come running with us when they're in Perth. Mm. And we actually took a trip to go running with him out in Kalgoorlie oh, one wow. weekend. So we also do regional trips. Mm. That's, we feel like bringing our rainbow to the regions is an important part yeah. of what we do. And we got some funding to subsidise people as well. So that's something that we've done as a club for the first time this year. But, uh, yeah, we wish Ivo and Nigel mm. the very best in becoming Iron Men. That's not the normal... Uh, a member at our club, we should say, but we are very <laughs> proud to support people when they do amazing things. And the two of them have just been working so hard. I mean, really, Ivo, I know, has been training for two years to do this. So wow. So it's, it's huge, yeah. It's really amazing achievement. Wow. It's definitely not a walking uh, walking thing, is it? <laughs> Laurie, Richie, thank you so much for joining us on the yes, pod. We really, really appreciate you coming down and yeah. uh, representing Perth Front Runners. Uh, please go check them out. Please go join them on their uh, Saturday, um, 8 a.m. at Kings Park. That's all correct? Yes. Yep. Good. Um, would highly recommend. If not, for coffee, for dog pets, for walking, whatever you want. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Pride to me means living in a world without limits, being true to who you are, but also taking no shit, you know, standing up for yourself, trying to make society a more fair and equitable place. And also just having lots and lots of fun. All right. So that's another oh, interview wow. done with our first uh, double-up guest yeah. on the couch, at least. We had we a double-up last season. I know, we did fit. Oh, my God. We did. Didn't have to sit on my lap. Yeah. Thank God. It's a shame. Um, oh, well. Next time. <laughs> I'll find a way. At least be subtle with your flirting, sister. <laughs> I'm not flirting. Mm. Mm. Pretty sure Steve's in the room. Steve. <laughs> I got to use like this really weird microphone. So if I sound different, I it tuned like, in every now and It was again. like a little PA mic from the, from the principal's office. It is. It was like, I just, I don't know. Hey, at least it came at the right time. Like, Please come to the front <laughs> office. But yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll be pretty quiet on this episode because of the microphone. Aren't you always quiet in every episode? No, I think I'm a bit more chatty now. Mm. Now that, you know, mm. I've been found out that I'm very quiet. Mm. Oh, it's not like I've been so, telling you this like every like episode since the first season? I don't know, you know. I'm sorry, I'm being a bitch. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but no, it was absolutely wonderful yeah. to chat to Laurie and Richie. Um, mm. Lovely. Rave them Lovely to um, uh, yeah talk about Perth frontrunners and their own stories. Um, but yeah, like I said, I've actually been to a couple of um, Perth frontrunner uh, sessions. Um, it is every bit as good as they say. Um, they're selling it well and they mean it. It is a beautiful um, organization and I'm so happy Ooh. that they are around and they're always available. So, And um, hopefully, if you are interested, um, this episode has kind of pointed you towards them because I could always use more members. They might still be looking for their 200th member. It's got me interested. Yeah. Because I, I used to, like, I've got people on Facebook that say front runners and they do it. Yeah, no. Like, definitely I don't do run, it. so I never yeah, really looked at walk. it. Yeah, but you can walk. You can walk. Yeah. And there's lots of doggies. But, like, sitting with them and talking about it, it's like, okay, so it's not just about running, it's about community and yeah, joining. It's a social a group. group. Like, yeah. that's, you know, there are definitely, there are definitely the runners. Yeah. Like, you have, you I've seen or, guys who are like, like in tank tops or in the shorts or all ready oh, to go and all. That. You know, it's not a bad sight <laughs> yeah. to see. Um, but then you have people who are just walking and, and chatting talking. and catching up. I love that. And, um, yeah. yeah, no, it's wonderful. I would heavily recommend it for anyone who wants to just have a bit of a, you know, something morning to walk, do. something to do on the weekend, start yeah. off your weekend with a nice bit of social um, bits as well. Uh, you're, not, you're not pressured to talk to anyone. Like you could chat with one person or kind of go like, yeah. you know, have your own time as well, but you're still surrounded by that. Yeah, uh, by that community feeling, would heavily recommend it. Please do. Yeah, and um, but I think we should have a little outing. I think there, so. Christo. I'd love Maybe to. Maybe we should uh, bring my puppy. Bring the puppy. It'd be awesome. Oh yes, I wish I could bring my dog, but greyhounds um tend to not be quite as friendly to other dogs. Yeah, mainly because they're like very defensive about their territory. Yeah, like this is my owner. No one take away because you know <laughs> they don't own much. Anyway, whereas my dogs are hi, I love you, I love you. I love oh my <laughs> god, he's so cute yeah. and so sweet, and it's always like really bad when. But right before we record episodes, because it's like he's always coming up to me and like jumping up on me. I'm like, I want to say hi and pet you so much, but I have to focus on the interview. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just like that so much. They're so cute. Oh. Um, but yeah, so what an absolute uh, pleasure it was to have them talk Ooh. about the Perth Front Runners. Uh, another episode wrapping up. Wow. So we got it. We did it. We did another episode. <laughs> we <so>. found someone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully now, because um, I'm about to finish my studies and. Um, Chris will have more time for me. I will have more time for you and, and the show. And um, yeah, I want to really uh, try and focus more onto it. And um, we're always wanting to grow. Yes. Um, again, thank you so much for the feedback for the Pride episode. Uh, we do hope to um, just experiment and have more fun with the show. And um, Keep telling us what you like and what you don't like. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Actually, you, um, you'll notice um, I've put this on every episode and it'll be episode episode every episode from now on. <laughs> Where there's a question on the bottom, I think it's only Spotify, but it's like, what did you mm. think of the episode? Oh. Heavily recommend whatever your opinions. You could absolutely hate the episode. Yeah. Tell us, tell us, and tell us why. Tell us. Don't why. just say I hate it. Just tell all, us why. Always, <laughs> always looking to improve and mm. um, just keep growing as a show. And um, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's uh, throw out the outro and uh, let's finish off today. Yay. Thank you for listening to Queer Stories on the Swan. You can leave a review slash rating on wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on socials on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Queer Stories on the Swan. I'm Chris. And I'm Christo. And stay, stay fabulous. fabulous. Thank you for listening to Queer Stories on the Swan. You can leave a review slash rating or wherever you get your... I'm going to try that again.